welcome back to another episode of Hall of Murphy. We're a little late on this, but it's finally time to talk about the final episodes of Doom Patrol. We're a little behind. We only got up to Undead Patrol, which was the fourth episode of the third season. But now it's time to talk about all the rest, all the way up to Immense Patrol. And with me, of course, is John. Hello. And we have another special guest. Hey, it's Mary's back. Woo, Mary, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me again. I'm excited. We're always excited to have you on. Sorry, I can't offer any actual cheering from a crowd. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> That's enough. That's good enough. Good job to play the left track or like the crowd track. Yeah, the crowd track. We're going to upgrade this this uh, <laughs> podcast soon with the laugh track and everything. <laughs> if Joe um, in a room, just in a random undisclosed location <laughs> we have we have like a crowd of our of the everyone has to listen in and do like a sound effects in the background <laughs> just like did i hear a random charles murphy in the background oh my god <laughs> the where's waldo of the hall of murphy podcast <laughs> um it's been uh doom patrol always is one of those shows that kind of ends up doing its own thing but still having a great tie-in show um, the last episode we watched, Undead Patrol, our favorite group of heroes, heroes, who knows, uh, turning into heroes, zombies. Heroes, quotation marks. Quotation marks, big quotation marks. Uh, turning into zombies, eating the head of Chief, and then, uh, f- well, during then, fighting werebutts, zombify- and then a zombified werebutts runs off to Cloverton Town. That's where we left off. It's so hard to talk about the show and anyone take me serious. It's it's crazy. But we get introduced in the latest season, uh, latest episodes or the final episodes to our main, technically main antagonists, which is the sisterhood of Dada until, well, they aren't. Any sisterhood of Dada is very different from the original. Um, what was for you guys seeing them on screen as well as them moving away from the original brotherhood of Dada? Like Mary, what are your thoughts on it? What, how, what did you like about them? In their introduction? Um, I think what I really liked about the introduction, I I mean, Shelly, the fog, she was obviously kind of the core of it. And mm-hmm. I think it really tied it all together well. And I really think her interactions with Jane, which kind of come up later, were really good. There was a lot of sort of chemistry there. And she, she was intimidating to me. And I liked that a lot. Um, but I really liked, they definitely had kind of one character per sisterhood of dada villain if you will um and sort of the one-on-one back and forth was interesting because all of our quote heroes um definitely kind of lost their conversations and they all basically at the end said oh we're giving up this was hard so (laughs) i do like how um it was so simple for the sisterhood to just basically talk to them and then that broke them the whole team is like, why are you making me have to think about what I'm doing in my life? Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm surprised about how they brought these characters because they are, you know, in the comics, they're very Dadaism as its core is just about randomness with a with kind of with a goal. And you know, Mr. Nobody has a prevalent role in the comics, so he's very absent here. They took a very different take on the characters, but still kind of kept the elements. I was surprised, like. We had our our guy with the bicycle, uh, with the bicycle things on his back and stuff like that. But they took the more, they kind of downplayed elements of it, but still kept the wackiness of it. I mean, John, how was it for you seeing them on screen? Um, I really loved them. Um, 
they were i thought that their their introduction is great um especially when copacabana starts playing sleepwalk i think is my favorite member just mm-hmm. the way she wakes up starts playing music and starts roller skating around the the foggy area <laughs> but um i thought it was um it was a really uh, inspired adaption of them especially like re reinventing them without mr nobody who originally brings them together yeah um yeah I, I do like what they did with them here and like how they how they play into the season i would have liked to see them have a bigger role but um i do think the storyline with madame rouge they went with and the, the the brotherhood of evil who we'll get to in a bit um <laughs> worked really well here it's funny that the season had the sisterhood of dada and the brotherhood of evil and it's probably the reason they weren't both called brotherhood <laughs> that's true it's i think the sister of dada like the concept they it's, there was moments where i did think i wish they dived a bit deeper into dadaism as a as an art form because outside of the especially in the episode 1917 patrol where they kind of da- kind of where they're coming from there's a bit more elements of that there but it just felt like it was a bit of a shame that they were pretty much in a foggy forest for their encounter uh, outside of Cliff, who got like the most interesting environment um, for his sequence. But that was like the only thing I would, it's not even a complaint. It's just something where you wish they went that one step further, but then you also realize they probably pulvered all their budget into the uh, where butts last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a great way to bring these, like that. that's the thing about these characters. What's so interesting is that most of the story is mainly psychological. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It it make and they make it work very well. And here, I think using these villains per se to get into the heads, especially because Jane gets probably the most character development this time around. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely her thing. I mean, if they need to fall back on who gets developed today, it's definitely her. But I really feel like I think this episode and with. cyclone bicycle man um and vic <laughs> i thought that his that conversation really kick-started like vic was kind of always in a loop of why am i cyborg am i yeah. a hero yes i'm a hero but i think it kind of kick-started a different trajectory for that arc so i kind of thought it was repetitive and that finally the rest of the season went somewhere with it and i think that that's where it started and i really liked that how he really got in his head of i think it was why are you instead of what are you who are you um and it definitely broke that open i think to me i'm surprised they went through with the entire arc this season because it felt like a setup that could have been for like any other show probably would have had that like as a setup for the next season or something but no it's his story from that moment on building up and even tying back into season two in really interesting ways it's right and that's, I, I think a lot of them get character development in really interesting ways. I do think that Jane just tends to always be the easiest to fall back on given her condition per se, because that's her kind of predetermined arc. But I I, I like the Larry storyline this time around, which is kind of, it's such a weird one, isn't it? With his tumor baby. <laughs> oh, Larry, he's just, I always, he's just the sweetest. Yeah. I just think it's impossible not to like him. Um, and it's just crazy how 
Matt Bomer can have that charisma just under bandages nonstop. But yeah, no, he had a weird one for sure. But I, when he tried to abandon it the first time and he just... He left it with <laughs> soup. <laughs> a thermos and a scarf. And... <laughs> See, originally I, I thought um, based on Gerard Way's uh, Way to the World storyline, when Larry got those bumps in the comic, that was his negative energy like piling out. And uh, like it, it comes out of him at one point and they, and they start running around. And mm-hmm. so I thought, oh, that's kind of like what they're doing here. But uh, no, it turns out um, the negative spirit that we knew from season one and two was not Keeg. Uh, this is Keeg. So it seems like Larry and the spirit like created this, this new one. But now it's nice because Larry can like control his abilities now. And he's like an actual like, you know, he's able to fight and everything. But I was a little bummed that the first negative spirit wasn't Keeg, and it was a little weird. But um, this new way on it is pretty cool. I wonder if they set something up with the first spirit this way, because it doesn't seem like that's the end of that storyline. It's it's just an odd thing. Like he leaves, they have a a, a negative spirit baby, which is Keeg, <laughs> which mm-hmm. turns into a giant. Ca- alien caterpillar first which is such an interesting development for these humanoid looking spirits <laughs> that their larva form is literally a larva <laughs> whoever had that idea please don't stop smoking what you're smoking <laughs> <laughs> the doom patrol room writer's room just they just all have a good time and then and they get together and they, they they write doom patrol dude 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 what if it's a bug. <laughs> but it, it's it's such an interesting because I love like when he's carrying it around later on and he just keeps getting shocked by it. It's like, I can't leave it alone. Ah! <laughs> it just keeps it keeps screwing with him and he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and then when like it, a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> oh, I love the Hawaiian shirt look for Larry. Bring it back. I love I love that the was... coat and the sweater, but I, I, oh God, that was such a great design choice because it's also a little like it was perfectly like he became a dad in that moment. So he wore a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> he seems like, thing. yeah. Because earlier in the season, you know, he'd, he'd finally given up on, he, he'd seen his son was a lost cause. And yeah, he just, he knew there was no rekindling his, his father son relationship there and, you know, being a family. And, and here it's, uh, it's his maternal instincts kicking in and he's like, he, he needs it, you know, he wants to do something right for once. And I thought that was a really nice way to bring it all together in the end for him. Especially after saving his son from the fog. Yes. Which was like, there's a perfect setup there. And you see how the, the growth starts growing as soon as that hits another boiling point. It's like, that's the thing with the show is that a lot of what happens is so character focused that most of the events of the story, every action they take is pretty much a consequence of their own actions. And the show is very consistent about it. And that's always something great to see. And a lot of characters that come back, they build upon it. Like Rita, like the entire episode 1917 uh, Patrol is, is pretty much Rita's consequence of trying to be something, trying to prove a point by ending up making that point true after all. 
And uh, I didn't expect, like, I knew they were building up the time travel aspect. I didn't expect that when she goes back in time, she would see the sisterhood of Dada. I did not expect that. Especially with Madame Rouge's connection to them. That that was really cool. That's one thing I loved about how they fit into the story. Um, see, like, here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up Titans. Uh, <laughs> Titans, they bring in characters to do things, and then they just, they really don't, matter at all um they just they're just there because they're the characters you know hey we did this we did this but the doom patrol here gives these characters you know an actual role to play and they they matter and in titans they just like lady vic showed up for absolutely no reason at all and then was gone (laughs) did not show up the rest of the season was in one episode that's it had an entire episode literally named lady vic (laughs) i mean even like the where but that is teased shows up the, and has the a- robots have more <laughs> meaning to Doom Patrol than the character like uh let's say Jericho or Aqualad. Oh. <laughs> and poor Jericho, he was amazing. He was so much fun, and they just the show just wasted the hell out of him. But it just shows like what kind of format they're going with, especially Doom Patrol. Like Doom Patrol has it feels like everything's mapped out in a way that still you would never figure out because it's so abstract in some way. And especially like 1917 probably was the most straightforward of it because you kind of knew where these characters are going, but you're trying to figure out what exactly is Rita's role in this time period. Well, also, which is like the funny thing is, is that her actions of being the story continuing in the past also sets up or gives a reason why Madame Rouge lost her memory. And it was like the moment she came out, not knowing who she was, and she's like, oh, it's the machine that takes your memory. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love the ending there. How let me forget, this is, you know, this is, I'm not going to get into details of the end right now, but how they put their names on, they put sticky notes on everybody's forehead and leave Rita's like whiteboard up yeah. so they all remember <laughs> what to do. <laughs> it's such a nice little uh, connection point. And how even her action uh, traveling back kind of sets up where the story is going. Like this is, it does seem a little odd that we're only in like halfway point getting the actual build up to the end game because most of the episodes before were kind of build up outside of Madame Rouge being around. But then they also call back to like Garguax and stuff like that in this later half. Plus the whole Rita Farr setup. So even... Like the show didn't really need a villain. And that's the beauty of it. Because even Madame Rouge at the end of the day isn't a hundred percent a villain. She's just, you know, she, yes, she joined, she is, I mean, spoilers, but she did join the Brotherhood of Evil. But there's a reason for it, there's a consequence for why she ends up with them. Yeah. I, I gotta say, like the standouts this season are Madame Rouge and Rita Farr. That was yeah. like when the, when I first, saw the first three episodes of the season i was like really like come on let's get we gotta do something with rita and larry i feel like uh cliff and jane are getting all that cyborg they're getting all this development and i feel like cliff and larry or um larry and rita were like caught in the dust yeah but here it's definitely uh rita season this was this was a some great work for her uh madame rouge uh, michelle gomez is like amazing in everything she does and i'm really excited to see her come back next season <laughs> We'll we'll get to the to the ending of with her character, uh, I think a little later. But it's 
she's such an energy. She has such an energy here. But if she turns into a baby one more fucking time. <laughs> that was so crazy. It was so creepy. <laughs> like that's where low budget works in your fucking favor. <laughs> it, was, it was terrifying. That was great. That was one of their best moments, I think. It was so Doom Patrol. They're like squatting at her with like frying pans. Like, yeah. motion. like I don't know why everybody was like just a beat off of normal tempo plus the weird, you know, baby <laughs> thing. And it was just so off and awkward and weird that it was just so great. It's, but it's like, they don't, like they're not, you take, you go into this and you expect these, you know, we're so used to these high action things. And this is just a group of people that technically have superpowers. And the first thought is just to kind of take a pan and swipe at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's, oh my God. I, oh man, I love it. And the only thing I have to say, especially with the flashback, is that the setup they had with Malcolm in the flashback was a little too obvious for me. Because he was the one guy who was missing in the future. Uh, he had a little bird cage for a chest, and everyone at the Borough of Normalcy has lightning sticks. I'm like, someone's gonna hit the cage. <laughs> it's like the first thought I had when I saw the cage is like, someone's gonna zap that cage. And Agent Exclamation Point is so cool. Ugh, I, I really wish we saw more of him. But also, like, what was the ending? Like, this is the thing. Once we get to subconscious up uh, to Bird Patrol. Damn, does his return make no sense? <laughs> when did he come? When he's the um, the great flatulence? <laughs> yeah, or I don't. Was it flatulence or flagellation? Flagellation. flagellation. I always say the flatulence. Flagellation. I, I always said flatul- flatulence too, and I was like, <laughs> I could never tell. It's such a weird like. I was so confused because it's like, what did that have to do with him? How did like it's a it's the thing where the show can get away with it. But at the same time, you're sitting there going, it already didn't make sense when they kept mentioning it. Witnessing it makes even less sense. <laughs> I just love, they set it up as if that was going to be sort of the ultimate, I don't know, not battle necessarily, but climax of kind of the yeah. season thing that's going to happen. And it really set up an amazing episode. I Don't get me too started on episode eight, but um, <laughs> I, I was confused, too, because I mean, there was so much focus on Laura needs to be the one that opens the cage. She has to do it. And like that didn't end up mattering at all. And I do love, though, how apparently this happened to the whole world. Yeah. Just they all went through it, but we only saw, you know, our characters. I, I think that's really funny, actually. Um, the idea that this huge thing just happened and it really it barely mattered to us in our story <laughs> it, it's that's the thing like i when when vic's father mentioned i was like oh yeah it happened to everyone <laughs> what was that all about i liked how creepy it was with the birds and the faces though like that design worked extremely well but i like the thing is what i understand like it's so weird also seeing rita's change in this episode because we, you know she goes off she becomes part of this group and then when we meet her again in the present day she's technically part of the villains which was an interesting twist 
Yeah, I think Rita was really interesting. I, I knew from the first few episodes, it really seemed like they were, I think we talked about it just now, but setting up this as Rita's season. Yeah. Um, and then they did. But it was really interesting because half of it was this development of, okay, with her amnesia, she lost a lot of the insecurities um, that she had and that really changed who she was, made her more confident. But they also gave her this sort of arc of revenge and vengeance and like a heartbreak, I guess, um, that really almost gave her insecurities again. So it was kind of yeah. interesting how she was the same Rita, but like angry, but also almost an entirely different character. Um, and I think I'm still trying to kind of parse out exactly where she is, um, but I do think her development there was really quite intricate um, and pretty cool. I, I think it was needed as well. I, I liked Rita as a character, but she hasn't changed much outside of try. She got, she got out, she did the acting thing, but she kind of always ended up back in the same spot, uh, especially with the whole acting gig where I think they purposely tried to put her in the position where everyone figured out that she was actually the goop <laughs> that showed up in the town. Though, didn't feel bad for that one actress falling down the cliff early on. Didn't feel bad. I feel bad that I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's such an interesting, because that's the thing with Rita. It's She gets a character development that we, like, it normally other shows probably would do it off screen and she shows up again, but we actually went back in time with her. We focused only on her, on her building this bond, especially falling in love, which I think was, I didn't expect that. And like this whole story surrounding Malcolm, which has a big payoff later on, especially because she ends up having a relationship with Madame Rouge throughout this story. Like she builds up a report with her, which is really, really interesting to see. And I'm just, I'm curious where they're going to go with it after this season, if she stays that way, because technically her part of the story then ended, uh, you know, she got what she was going for. Because the thing is, like you said, we expected this great, uh, I, I still don't know how to say it, flatuation. No, <laughs> it's such a weird word. But th that this event was going to be like the end-all be-all. And then the season doesn't even follow up fully on the actual end-all be-all, which was going to be the Brotherhood of Evil, which probably was the funniest bit of the ending. Um, and it's just so perfectly summarized how the show is about nothing at the end of the day. And every time they set up something super heroic, it always is not what you think it is. <laughs> um, on the, um, what was the, the, the Rita front. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like she, she's always being thrown back into the same place. Like after every like little arc they give her. And I, I did, yeah. I felt that. And that was one thing I was like, come on. I, I, I think in one of my reviews I'd said, Oh, she's, she feels like she's running in place. Yeah. And hear what they did with her. She's finally able to control her abilities. And I really, really enjoy Rita as the team leader. I feel like she's like the perfect person to lead the team. I mean, she was the first person the chief, you know, saved, I guess, yeah. um, saved the quotation marks. A lot of quotation marks with Doom Patrol. Um, <laughs> chief. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like, and she always has her whiteboard. Yeah, it's a whiteboard, I think. Yeah. But um, she's always, I think in the future, I mean, like you said, you know, we're, we, you know, we're still kind of unsure how they're going to um, deal with her 
next season, you know, because she's kind of like she's she's come full circle now. But I feel like she still has a lot with Madame Rouge to get through. And mm. I feel like she's going to focus on just being the best leader she can for the team and, you know, filling that void of the chief if we don't get him back, which honestly, I mean, I don't I don't really see how they bring him back. I, I think there was a time when the sim- something similar happened in the comics. I don't remember right now, but I, I honestly, I'd hate to see um, Timothy Dalton go. Yeah. But I mean, we got through a season without him, and I feel like the team would really. I feel like honestly, bringing him back would um, be a little bit counteractive. But, but but you open up a good question: is like with Chief returning, not returning. Um, we we don't even know if like Dorothy's going to return to the story. That, okay. Now, a little bit, this isn't too much, but um, Dead Boy Detectives. Dorothy left with the Dead Boy Detectives. Yeah. And now she's going to she's gonna be, are they going to recast her too? I, they better not recast Dorothy, dude. That'd be, no. that'd be terrible. I, just the whole recasting of the Dead Boy Detectives. This season introduces you to the characters who a lot of people, I, I guarantee a lot of people had no clue who they were. Yeah. Um, not only does the season introduce them to you, gets you familiar with them, and then it makes you become a little bit emotionally attached to them and their story and here here and the casting was great i felt yeah and i feel like each each person was um great in the role they were cast because they all felt so different and then here they go undermining themselves with this spinoff series uh recasting the main cast and but not only recasting the main characters but bringing back night nurse from doom patrol the same actress yeah that didn't make much sense so either either the storyline for dead boy detectives is they're a different dimension but hell is always the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean could be who knows (laughs) so they're setting up that hell is the same between them but if we get a do uh a dead boy detectives meet dead boy detectives crossover that would be hilarious um but it is it is an absolute shame that they set something up here that won't be followed up on um which is kind of sad because if, I, I do think the dead point detectives that we meet in this show will return in the show i hope I so i don't see that like i don't see dorothy just going away for forever that seemed like a weird goodbye if it were the case see but it just having two separate i mean of course dc does this all the time having multiple versions of characters but i feel like with characters so niche as them it, it would just be so pointless yeah it's it's weird it's it's really strange um and i'm I'm curious where they're gonna go with it or how they're gonna set it up because like the thing is it's like the whole hell storyline was also the setup the whole malcolm story and i have to rewatch that episode because i don't i didn't recognize that that was supposed to be malcolm <laughs> yeah it was like wait that's the guy with the birdcage how what <laughs> I didn't even ring in my head until the finale. And even then, I just only by coincidence remember, wait, wasn't there something they forgot? Oh. <laughs> I just now realized that's what that was. I had no idea until you're talking about us trying oh. to figure it out. Now I remember. <laughs> big bird guy, yeah. Or yeah, the, the big I, bird I just face. totally forgot about it. Um, wow, okay. That's funny. <laughs> but that, because that's the odd thing. I don't know, like, I'll give Doom Patrol props for not going out of the way to make it a flashback, but it it didn't feel very well set up with that because like, oh, they meet. Then he's back as a giant bird. 
I'm confused. Because <laughs> it felt like that connection to put his soul in the bird or whatever might have made that a little bit more tangent than, oh, do you remember that guy? I don't remember him. Yeah, I do feel like maybe we didn't spend enough time with him. But I also feel like, because, you know, they, they rushed through decades with Rita in the, in the ant yeah. farm. So, but I did like what we saw of him. And um, the flagellation was interesting, <laughs> especially when their subconscious has come out. That is like one of the best episodes of, this, of the series. <laughs> Mary, your time has come. <laughs> I, oh my God, I absolutely love that episode. I, I think it's one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. And I probably say that more than I realize, but um I'm still thinking about this one. No, that was amazing. And I, I think that um, kind of going back a little bit, it did feel weird that like the plot seemed to start of this season at, you know, episode five, mm. won't give or take. Um, but I still felt like by the time we got to episode eight, like it had really been set up. Like it didn't feel forced that we were shoving all these characters into kind of this very dramatic character development moment for each of them. Um, it really... I don't know. To me, it just really was very natural. Came into yeah. it, and then it was just so creative. And they still, they were serious at times. But then you had them driving the birthday cake flying ship through the rainbow tunnel to, you know, like break out of the subconscious. <laughs> like it just, it, it just hit on so many different levels. I think <laughs> the, the birthday cake race car. <laughs> I just, it's it's such a weird. Like that's where. Like, that was kind of what I was hoping in the Dada episode. I'm so glad I saved it for here with, like, Jane as a puppet. <laughs> just, oh, my God. It's so... Oh, God. That was, that was so crazy when they were all puppets or all the underground was turned into puppets. But God, it was kind of... It worked so well. <laughs> they just pushed the boundaries of the show constantly. Oh. I, I will say, though, that Subconscious Patrol, I, I agree with Mary, probably one of the best episodes I've seen in, on TV as well. And there's like it shows just how how far we've come, first of all, with television, television writing, but also just how how weird and abstract the show can be and still keep that emotional core intact. And especially when when uh, when we have Robot Man confronting his, you know, his subconscious him. And this whole thing about, like, you expect them to kind of make up that they're, they're friends again. Like, Larry did make up with himself because it was his, like, what he was most embarrassed by. But he just, Robot Mom just kind of didn't. He just started cursing at himself. He just started cursing at Cliff, at him. And cursing, and they just started cursing at each other. We still disappeared. It was just kind of his own way of coming to terms with it to a degree, especially considering he was high on pills most of the show. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is such a treat. It's yeah. such a shame. He, he, due to other circumstances, he was not able to act for 20 or so years, 15, I don't, I'm not sure. It's been a while though, but he's just, what he's in, he's always just so good. And when the other scenes we get, Actually, that's one thing about this season. It was the first time all four main cast members were actually together. Or no. Oh. All five. All five main cast members were all together. That was the first time Brandon Fraser and Matt Bomber were on screen with the other three for the first time. True. 
So that oh, was great. I didn't even All of them were together. Because yeah. like there was a previous episode, Underground Patrol, where oh, yeah. um or no, it, it might have been Jane Patrol. Sorry, uh, where it's it's just Brendan and Diane in um in the underground. But every time we get Matt and like this is nothing to uh, the body actors for Larry and um, Cliff because they do a fantastic job bringing the characters to life. But um, Brendan and Matt just bring us so much more of a how do I say it? Uh, legit feel to it, maybe yeah. some, some around there. It just feels like so much more emotional when they're when they're there. There, I. I have to say Brenton Fraser and, and Matt Bomer are like the highlights for the show for me personally. Um, they're all fantastic. Like everyone is doing a great job, but like, especially Matt Bomer, when it comes to his story arcs, especially about coming out in his past, the performance he gives is like not what you expect in a wacky show like this. It is such a dramatic turn and the same with Brenton Fraser. I mean, Brenton Frazier, like, there's a reason he was the first character we're technically introduced to in this show. Mm -hmm. And he, like, from that day on, a lot of it, to a fault at times, he still carries a lot of the emotions of the show. And it's, it's like, just, just the small moments, like when Jane curses at him and they don't know who's who, and he's like, that's Jane. (laughs) It's just those joke moments. But also, like, the like his entire like subconscious, the thing he's most embarrassed by. I, when I saw the cake and the stripper and I thought, Oh, is this going to be like some kind of big revelation? That's going to be even darker, add something to it. And it being the simplicity that it was of his character, just being embarrassed of the life he had, the life he chose over his family due to what he was pushed into from coming from nothing and his father, who we also like, he was also set up earlier on is such a dramatic, <laughs> but strong turn. And it it's, it's just interesting how they keep building upon that. Like they're still finding ways three seasons in to add complexity to them. And I just think Brenton Frazier and Matt Bowman on screen just really nail it. God, Chris dad, when he shoots the unicorn. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot but, about that. Yeah. But when it, but, it was when he when Cliff's dad reveals that he had a relationship with Clara and that he still saw Clara after Cliff, you know, another quotation marks died. Um, that was something really sweet because it was just like Cliff, it made Cliff realize that he needs to, like, you know, do what he needs to do to actually, you know, get better so he can have a yeah. life with his daughter and his and his grandson. And he and he tries to a fault, which is his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how I felt about his whole uh, poker stripper storyline. <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah. I I hope next season, I mean, no, honestly, I don't hope because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Cliff's going to get a new body, which I'm really looking forward to because I feel like they can really like streamline it now. And now that, you know, Vic's dad will have like input probably. Yeah. I, so I'm I curious like, though which design if they're gonna go with the design that he got in the comics, which is like that really, especially with his uh, his uh, Doom Force thing. Yeah, <laughs> I just love because he just wants to be a good person. That's one thing he wants to be a good person and he wants to help people. <laughs> uh, I'm worried. <laughs> Not gonna lie, little worried. <laughs> Why is that? 
It's just he wants to do good things. He hasn't. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. He wants to do good things. I thought you. Oh, yeah. He's just gonna end up like punching somebody and just like knocking them into a wall or something. Probably. Uh, that you know, it, and that's like the the strength of the show just continues, and it's it's gonna be interesting how these characters continue, especially also with um when we moved, especially you know talking about his body. The last two episodes, we kind of go back to the whole Brotherhood of Evil storyline. We had the great. I had to, I had to Google it. What it's called? It's the flagellation. Oh, it's spelled F L A G E L L A T I O N, and I'm like, I would have never even remembered what that was. I had the, to write it in my review, so I had to. <laughs> I, <learned> it. <laughs> I I kept like flagellation, flagellation. I was like, which Speaking, one is it? I, I remember uh, Mary was writing her review since we were talking about the show. There's not an actor. Who was it? Was it the brain or the? I just googled it too. There's still no. I have no idea who. Is it the brain? Yeah. There's no actor listed for the brain anywhere. (laughs) He's the brain. I thought he did so well, so I was like, "Wow, who who is this?" And I thought it'd be someone like I probably could like, you know, be like, "Oh, they were in this and this and this." That makes sense, but can't find it. Doesn't seem to exist. It's just the brain. But who, who else should it be? They found a real brain, put it in a jar, and that was just the actor who played it. Oh, look, we got a brain in a jar. Let's use it. <laughs> I mean, God, I have that's to... just so crazy. Could you imagine? Imagine they did it on purpose, though, because they want you to actually think it's an actual brain. Ah, man, that'd be hilarious. I mean, the performance is incredible. I love the brain in this. The song. <laughs> the song with Monsieur Mala. Oh, my Lord. Amazing. <laughs> I love them in their Florida home resort living style. Just A-OK. Mala tired of all this shit. <laughs> and and then like the big twist of what Brain really was after is just he wanted a body to go dance. <laughs> God, they were great. They were really a highlight. And they weren't in it the season all that much at the end of the day. And it was kind of They were in a retirement community in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> And they just, John and I talked about maybe they were going to um, adapt oh. the scene where they, yeah, yeah, where they kiss and then explode. And it seemed like they were getting pretty close to it, but they didn't yeah. actually do that. In, in the, when, okay, that's one thing. I didn't think, because remember back to the thing where uh, Cliff had like a gambling, uh, had, had a gambling problem and he was selling things online. Yeah. He sells his schematics online. And yeah. in the in the comics in Grant Morrison's run, the brain builds himself a robot body, and this is where that plays into uh, the brain and Montoya Mala profess their love for each other, and they kiss, and the robot explodes. <laughs> oh, I wish they did that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. I mean, like, I I'm not a hundred percent happy with how the brain goes in this. It's it's kind of a goofy way to go, especially for a character that was built up most of the season, but it's still in you know in line with Doom Patrol. But at the same time, it's like I wanted more of him and Monsieur Malad. I kind of wish I thought they were setting up a bigger storyline, especially because they teased his existence like really early on. Wasn't it season one with the uh, original Doom Patrol group? So I, I'm not sure where like they're going 100 with it, but then it was like oh. He got stepped on. <laughs> wow. There he yeah, goes. That, that, that big robot. Wow. 
<laughs> I do like him and, and Rouge just fighting over who has control. <laughs> what the fuck? Where am I? <laughs> Every time. And they're just talking to each other as she stomps across the country. <laughs> what a weird... I didn't even think those two would end up in, in a conversation at all like that, but it worked so well. I mean, I, I still hope that maybe the brain and Monsieur Malad have some kind of role later on. Mm-hmm. Like I, he's out there in his RV. Yeah, he's out there. So I'm not sure, you know, they could still set something up uh, because I think it would be a shame to kind of just end this 100% on a joke. They don't have to be evil, but I just want a bit more development because they're just so funny together. And the fact that there isn't a voice actor out there almost feels like something they're setting up. Like, oh, it was this actor all along. It's like, you would never believe it. Um, But like, I would love if like uh, Chief Returns is that Chief and Brain are in the same spot and they're just like both accidentally brought back because <laughs> that would feel mm-hmm. in, in character of the show. Uh, I you know, Especially because I, I, I do hope Mr. Nobody returns as well for at least... Oh, yeah. He's, he's missing, isn't he? He was gone he from, was missing from the painting. painting. Yeah. See, I feel like it, that would have been a great opportunity. I mean, I love what they did here, but initially I thought, you know, when he was missing, he was going to assemble the Brotherhood of Dada. Yeah. Well, that was the tease, technically, for everyone. So the twist that it wasn't was actually clever because it built on our expectations. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, if they're going somewhere. Mr. Nobody hasn't narrated anything. And I don't think he's going to return for, like, like starter of the season. If he returns, we're suddenly going to get a narration from him. Yeah. That is my theory. He'll be like, here. Love that guy. Love that. He shows up with Doom Patrol merch again. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like updated and everything. Like for each season, he has a different thing. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, I have to say, like the so we you know we spend all that time and then we get to pretty much the finale with uh, Madame Rouge technically turning to become good again Mm -hmm. i didn't expect that to be honest Mm -mm. no she wants redemption she feels bad she feels bad got a guy killed feels bad man (laughs) feels bad hashtag rouge feels bad (laughs) uncancel madame rouge (laughs) i do feel like she never really felt like a villain not especially not the villain but she never really felt like like obviously she was not you know she started classifying more people as weapons and then obviously yeah killed. and that was kind of her i guess lowest in terms of evil and yeah i mean she did try to go kill rita i guess briefly in the finale um but other than that she never really was someone to truly fight against that hard for the most part i guess briefly she did kidnap cliff um <laughs> But um, so I kind of it kind of works for me that she is just kind of on the you know doom force now in the time machine with all of them because she just didn't I don't know and I did what am I trying to say I I think it's very clever of them to keep her around because I think Michelle Gomez is so great and I think oh yeah she works with the character so well that it's kind of a good way to I don't know have their cake and eat it too with the character I think. 
you know what I see with her character is that what I think the core of her character is and why amnesia fits so well with what happened to her is that similar to Rita, they're parallels of each other, especially with their powers and everything. And mm-hmm. I think her story arc was simply wanting to fit in somewhere. And once the sisterhood rejected her, she pretty much went to the brotherhood to be accepted there. The Doom Patrol never really liked her. So naturally she was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just go back to the brotherhood. Then she got screwed over from the brotherhood because she didn't, you know, she didn't know what to do with herself. She thought, okay, I'm evil. And that didn't quite work out. So now she's like, okay, I want to redeem myself because these people actually care for each other. And she wants to make up for what she did with the sisterhood. So it works in character. It's just such a, you didn't expect that the Doom Patrol of all teams would ever grow by a member because <laughs> they're not really a team to begin with. <laughs> but it, it just works so incredibly well. I like the thing is, I think the favorite moment of the season, though, is Rita finally co- having full control of their powers and going giant and it looking great. But I love the parallel to episode one when Cliff says, I want to go home. And it being what she said to him when she was uh, like, when she completely lost control. Finally, Rita's able to grow big. Like, that's just one of her things. Like, I'm just so happy she's finally able to like use her powers from the comics after like three seasons of trying to get there. Yeah. But she has a handle of catching things. That was all what we knew. <laughs> I, I like how like even that big moment was its main focus was that emotional core of I want to go home. And that line is just so well delivered, especially from from Cliff, where it's just like this giant robot buddy body. You know, he's kind of annoyed by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also he's nice. just in front of his daughter's yard. He's like, I actually stepped. Like, I think he said, I actually stepped on like a Prius. Yeah. Uh, just, I think I said, I just wanted to let you know I'm going to make it okay. It's just there. Just everything he does. Like he's, he's has a good heart. It just fucks up sometimes. He just always tries to make it up to his daughter. And which is Brendan Fraser really loves the DC universe. Cause you know, he's, he's going to be in Batgirl. Yeah. He's going to be Firefly. I think he's having a lot of fun with it. Oh yeah. I think nothing will ever be as adorable. I think I don't remember what it was. Someone was sharing, like she had a call with him and they played Nintendo Switch together or something. That was mm-hmm. just adorable. Oh my <laughs> he was doing press. Oh for, yeah. For something. It might have been no sudden move. Yeah, I think that was on it. HBO Max, and he was playing on a switch. Yeah. <laughs> it was so wholesome. Uh I'm I'm just generally happy. To see him make the come make a comeback in general in Hollywood, and especially with such a credible performance overall in the show, and it's just it's so great to see him back. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Larry accepting though the uh, the larva whatever, and them fusing and him having control was a nice surprise. I didn't think like that was another thing. I didn't expect that to be resolved this season. It felt like a setup for later on. Mm-hmm. So him running back and it was just still there <laughs> it was adorable just so much I, I don't know it, the show just it just constantly seems to somehow be getting better and I yeah. feel like that's really rare for a show yeah 
especially, you know, in its, now it's going to be in its fourth season. I mean, it's going to be sad to see the show go because, you know, honestly, I don't want the show, I, I want the show to end, you know, when it needs to end. Like, yeah. I don't want to see it going on, like, <laughs> anything on the CW. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm very pleased. I, yeah, it's been really good. And I think that the season, once again, just highlights where we're going with this. Like, like I didn't expect the whole Parkinson subplot to actually be Parkinson, you expect it to be some kind of revelation or something, but no, it's a actual human condition that's happening to him because he's still a brain. He still can be affected by brain, uh, by those kinds of illnesses. And the show just keeps building upon its characters and having the story happen around them with them getting pulled into some, but still having clever ways of having an interconnected, like the whole time travel thing worked incredibly well this time around. And that's always oh, yeah. like it's something you always fall into with time travel. Yeah, time travel is hard, especially when you try to like make your own go of it. Yeah, they didn't explain no, much. Thanks. That worked well. <laughs> no, they just they just said time travel, and you got the point. <laughs> and then the episode of the season finale ends on the fight against the giant testicle monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, at first, I thought it was that spaghetti monster. There's like. There's like this, like, I don't know if it's like, okay, I, 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 I'm ignorant here, maybe. I don't know if this is a real religion, but they like, they worship a spaghetti oh, meatball flying uh, monster. Yeah, Rastafaria, I think they're called. Pastafaria. Pastafaria, yeah. I thought it was that at first, and I was like, wow. They're like, no, it's balls. I was like, okay. <laughs> that seems more like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pastafaria, they're the guys that put the, uh, the thing on their head in their photos because it's part of their religion. The flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I mean, it could still happen. That would have been hilarious for them to face. And then just someone eats it up. And that's how he beat it. <laughs> just come back full stomachs. They're sick. They overate. because They, they ate fight it with a giant fork and the giant robot. <laughs> you cannot defeat us. <laughs> just eating it. <laughs> just eating it up. <laughs> like, Just start eating it, guys. Come on. There's a funny enough that something like in in One Piece, uh, which, which I discussed with Suki in the in our Denden Murphy podcast, because there's literally a scene where he fights a guy who can create like indestructible guys through uh, cra- like turns them into cookies, but they're like indestructible. But he just keeps making them wet and eating them, and just like gets fatter and fatter as the fight continues. <laughs> like that's what I could see with the pa- pasta monster. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was such a it was such a Doom Patrol thing. Or that, that would be such a Doom Patrol thing. It really would be. <laughs> do you do we think the show is gonna be significantly different if they do focus more on the actual superhero team aspect of it that they very much, you know, acted like they were going to at the end? Um because like they're gonna like make like a parody of it. Yeah. Like like, like what what Joe said, like they're gonna try and save people and they're gonna do a terrible fucking job. <laughs> I, I think they're going to either do an absolutely terrible job or the next season starts with them having done something that the fight with the Tesco monster went terribly wrong and they just quit. <laughs> they're like, oh, that shit was lame, bro. We're not doing that again. <laughs> That's how I imagine it. <laughs> and especially with like Cliff, I mean, not Cliff, Vic. Vic has no cybernetic enhancements anymore. Yeah, he's um, normal. <laughs> halfway 
It was great when he when that happened and he came back to the manor and they're like, "Why are you here?" He's like, "I, I live here." Um, just, they're like, they're like, they, they just did not care. They're like, "Okay." Yeah, <laughs> it's just, they did a really good job with him just still being, you know, kind of that hero guy at heart. He just kept doing the same thing. He just, oh, can't use my arm cannon. <laughs> And then Larry being the only one to acknowledge it, but it was for a selfish reason and then he gets called out for it. <laughs> that felt so bad. Oh, it was very crazy. Very, just, he was just like, he's like, I thought you guys would be happy for me. They're like, huh? Uh, <laughs> why, why should we be happy for you? My problem's not fixed. Yours is. <laughs> I like that he also calls his uh, technically evil ex-girlfriend. He just still keeps talking to her. Yeah, and he just keeps getting in trouble for it, too. He just keeps doing it, though. <laughs> but he technically can't. He didn't save her number. He only called her through his uh, thing. Yeah. So he technically can't anymore. <sighs> love. <laughs> <laughs> Young love. I, I'm i really curious where they go. Um, like you said, Mary, if they go into like the superhero aspect and spoof it. But at the same time, like this is not what the show is about, and I think it would be a shame if we try to force that in. So I, I think that I, I'm very much on the boat. They're probably just going to side, you know, just ignore it. <laughs> They'll just be like, like, ah, like, oh, oh. yeah, we were doing that, but we got bored of it. Leave <laughs> the Justice League. <laughs> you thought we would, but we lied. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we don't give a shit. <laughs> I did love how a big part of their, Kind of hurrah we're gonna become a team was look what we just saved the town and i think it was larry he goes from us <laughs> i do think that that makes a lot of sense that they will show him kind of just being terrible <laughs> but i hope they don't just quit though because i'd like to see more like i feel like when they've done sort of action scenes it really hasn't been that often i think they're great mm-hmm. oh they especially the, the barn fight Right. Oh, exactly. the bard. But it's always so bloody, too. Like, these guys don't do the superhero not thing. The okay. They kill things. I mean, you can't, wasn't there like the joke, we don't kill anyone except Nazis? It was like the flat where he back in season one just killed yeah. all the clones. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm very curious where they're going with this, but it was, a, it was an absolutely amazing season once again. Some of the, probably some of the more crazy aspects. Okay, my cat just got his head stuck in a glass. <laughs> okay, cat. Speaking of crazy, um, and I I cannot wait to see what a season four can offer and where they're going, especially with Madame Rouge joining the team and how her dynamic might redefine how they move forward, especially like what is her character arc now that she's trying to redeem herself. Yes. He- I, I just honestly more Michelle Gomez in general is a treat. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Any any predictions for next season outside of Doom Force? Any hopes, storylines you want to see? I An feel entire like- episode oh. dedicated to changing the name. I saw it. <laughs> entire episode. They're just sitting in a room talking Doom Force. No. Doom Force. No. Doom. Come on. Shut up. <laughs> Force Doom. Shut up. <laughs> Let's call ourselves Force Doom for the dyslexic friends. <laughs> Um, but any, 
like we had what we had we had zombies they died they came back they were resurrected we had flying well yeah actually what didn't we have this season holy crap (laughs) but any hopes of character showing up that you feel like haven't been explored yet we talked about beast boy being perfect for the show i want beast boy to show up on the show (laughs) (laughs) we all do He would be like the perfect foil now that Vic has technically no story because he's human again. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that, was a, that would be kind of a funny buildup where he's like, Beast Boy is a cyborg fan. He just keeps making fun of him because he's like, do, do a thing, do that thing, do that thing. He just can't. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Gar could help him. Yeah. Um, help him, you know, realize that his, his powers were not bad, you know. Especially like someone like Gar. I don't know. I feel like it would work really well. I I hope so. I still hope he's such an important member of it. It's still weird to think that he was in the Titan universe and then they created the spinoff, which was also not connected. <laughs> it's own thing. DC has a has a thing with that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Just putting random characters somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Doom Patrol is the one time where it worked in its favor. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. fair. To be fair. Uh, what what are your hopes for the next season, Mary? Um, I would like to see Lady Vic actually show up. I think Ooh. she could come back. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I'm so honestly, I'm just so excited to see if we do it all. Kind of that first fight they're going into, where they're giving themselves amnesia, and just kind of the repercussions of that. Because I mean, they can put their <laughs> names on themselves and have a whiteboard, but in theory, they forgot their whole lives like yeah. so. could you imagine the season starts like that they just completely forgot what they were doing yeah exactly <laughs> they show up and then walk away they're like I'm not shit that. what are we doing who are you oh the the cards get mixed up and they call each other by different names <laughs> for the whole season yeah. the <laughs> oh that would be hilarious I could imagine, like, if we bring in Beast Boys that they show up there, don't remember who they are, and Beast Boys, like, with another superhero team. <laughs> it's like these two superhero teams fighting each other because one of them just forgot why they were there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who are you? I don't know! <laughs> okay, that's too hilarious not to think about it, I'll be honest. <laughs> I think it'd be, I think it, honestly, there's just so much potential. Yeah. There's a lot. There's still a lot for the comics they haven't explored yet. So here's hoping going into the next season. And mm-hmm. here's hoping we got a few more left going. <laughs> at least two more. At least two more. Six. What was the saying at the time? Six seasons in a seasons movie? In a movie. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch a Doom Patrol movie. Dude, oh, could yeah. you imagine? <laughs> Big cinema. Wear butts. What's going on? <laughs> they're like, this is they're like it'd be like Deadpool. Like my kid told me this is a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's gonna be exciting. Uh, we're still sadly gonna have to wait a little bit until the next season comes out. But next year is confirmed. Twenty twenty two. Whoop whoop. Uh, a lot of stuff coming next year. A lot of DC stuff heading our way. Films finally are slowly coming back. It's gonna be busy. It's gonna be real peacemaker. Let's go. January. I already love Vigilante. I I already love his character. He's a bust boy. (laughs) People are very upset with that. And 
I think it's a little tangent here real quick. Um, Adrian <laughs> Chase in the comics is um, basically the Punisher. Oh. He is an ex-DA who, uh, whose wife and children were killed by... And Vigilante is also a mantle. The first Vigilante was a cowboy. And he, he, he was on the justices. No, he was on the seven soldiers of victory. And uh, people are upset because they see that they feel like Gunn has um, taken this character. And um, people are upset because they feel like Gunn takes uh, lesser known characters and turns, um, turns them into like his own, even though yeah. Vigilante is not a super lesser known character. Um but they feel here that because um, you know he was he was dumbed down, mm. and people don't like that because um, you know he becomes a vigilante. But I do what I do like is that he basically turned vigilante into the version uh, individually a version of peacemaker who is obsessed with justice. Yeah, but I can also see it's a little upsetting to see him. You know, he would have been such a good counter to uh peacemaker's goofiness but yeah mm. so that's a little vigilante tangent <laughs> i mean i do think that a straight face straight lace character versus you know peacemaker would work quite well i mean peacemaker was a bit more of a straightforward character and he's a mm. bit more goofier in this rendition as well i think there's just some characters where adaptations are you know, if you go too far, it hurts those that love the character. And I understand, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy are very different outside of a few. I would say Rocket and Groot are the only ones that are like the closest to they were what they were in the comics. But Drax and 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 Star Lord are like complete departures. What I mean, he, he James Gunn gave us the Ravagers as a space hillbilly. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and that's kind of the thing where I say what Gunn does is kind of humanizes elements of characters and in like in this case with vigilante i know very little about the character personally so him just the idea of a guy who goes around at night being a a bus boy at a random restaurant and he thinks he's a peacemaker's bff it's just kind of an idea i like (laughs) it just works for this character somehow (laughs) yep it's just, it's going to be a lot to talk about. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, we, we don't even have full context yet of Vigilante. We haven't seen the show yet. So honestly, I, sure. don't, I don't think judgments are um, fair yet. True. Yeah. We still have some time to until it releases. And we're going to be excited when it releases in January. So we got some fun stuff to look forward to. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Waiting. F- yeah, just waiting. Got that trailer. Probably the last trailer we got. I don't really think we need to see another trailer. No, probably but. some. Well, it's got some spots, but I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Some timid spots. Uh, but hey, we got an exciting future ahead with DC. And if you, dear listener, want to you know, find out anything about DC pop culture, anything your heart desires, be sure to check out murphysmultiverse.com. Of course, hey, you want to discuss your thoughts on Doom Patrol, you can find us online. You can find John on Twitter at at wild LXIX. I know Mary has a secret account she won't tell us. Well, I, think <laughs> I have, well, I was kind of outed. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, when, when Charles did that very lovely tweet, like thanking us all as a team, he asked me what my handle was, so I gave it to him and then I got some like follower requests. So I was like, I just I'll open up. I have 10 followers now. What is it though? Um, I think it's like M-M-3-L-O-N-W-Y. I don't know. It's just random, but I do have 10 followers. So yeah, hit me up. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll, fi- we'll all find her. <laughs> find, you'll find the tweet from Charles. <laughs> I follow you. So, you know, I'm all yeah, right. Yeah, true. <laughs> but we'll definitely have some conversation. And if you guys want to ask me some questions, my thoughts, you can find me on at that L-T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. We're excited for the future of DC. There's a lot more to talk about. And we might have a little di- something different next time around. Thank you for listening. And until next time. <laughs>